Hi, you're listening to What Change Looks Like, a City Year podcast, where we dive into why we do what we do and how we stay inspired and connected to the meaning we bring to our work. I'm your host, Hannah Little, and I proudly serve as a City Year team leader in Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome back to another episode of What Change Looks Like. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Liz Ladd, who will be sharing about a day in her life as an AmeriCorps member. Liz Ladd is a first-year AmeriCorps member serving at Laurel Elementary School in Providence. She is in a third-grade classroom. She's also an adventurer, friend, and dreamer. Welcome, Liz. Thanks, Anna. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to Sidier to begin with? Yeah, so when I was in college through um, our school's Center for Service and Action, I did a lot of tutoring with elementary school kids and middle school kids. And when the, when the pandemic hit and everything kind of moved virtual, I realized that a lot of kids were struggling with keeping up with school and also just like with the social aspect of school. And so I didn't really know what I wanted to do after I graduated. So I started looking into alternative options to finding a job and I came across a year of service and then I came across city year and I really wanted to dedicate a year just working with kids and helping them get back into schools and stuff and reintegrate into the whole like school life and so I felt like city year would be a really cool opportunity to be directly in a classroom and working directly with kids so I did it awesome well we're glad you're here can you talk a little bit about what your experience has been like so far with city year Yeah, my experience has been really cool. Um, There are a lot of things that I didn't know that I would be doing and lots of things that I'm excited to be doing. I like working with my team and being with other people my age who are passionate about the same things that I am and be able to talk with them about different challenges that we're facing in the classroom. I love working with the kids. Um, Being in a classroom is a lot different than just tutoring a couple kids after school. And it's a really cool opportunity to really build those relationships with kids and become sort of like a trusting adult in their lives that they look forward to seeing every day. So it's been great. Okay, moving into a day in your life as an AmeriCorps member, what time does your service day start? We start at 8 a.m. for elementary school. And what does that look like for you? Do you have like um, a rival that you support with? Yeah, so at 8 a.m. to 8.50, we're in our team room um, either doing work for the day or um, doing team builders or just really anything that we need to do as a team. And then at 8.50, we go outside for arrival um, and we we stand outside and greet the kids as they come in off the bus. Um, And this is all the kids, not just our own kids, anyone who goes to the school we stand outside and we greet them and sometimes we're able to step in if a kid comes to school and looks like they're having a rough day already. So that's a really good opportunity to kind of cheer them up before they get to class or walk them to class and talk with them. Do you have any constants like students who you always see and little friendships that you've made during arrival? Yeah, I see. Um, well, my students are always excited to see me and I'm excited to see them, but It's also kind of fun to see my teammates' kids as well. Um, And we've all kind of learned each other's students' names, and we all say hi to them and make them feel special when they come to school. There's one student who likes to come around and give us all high fives and then do a little, like, dance breakdown in the middle, and (laughs) we kind of cheer him on. And 
So yeah, we we've all kind of made little friendships with kids, even though if even if they're not our own kids. That is so cute. I wish I could see that. It's so fun. <laughs> do you now? Does Laura do power greetings in the morning? We do them on Fridays. It's our Friday power greeting day. Okay. So could you maybe explain what a power greeting is and um, maybe give an example of one that you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, power greeting is a cheer. And we we clap and we cheer it. Like one of them is R-O-C-K, you rock, you rock. And so um, the kids will walk up and some of them are into it. Some of the older ones, maybe not so much, but it's still fun to do. Um, and especially the little kids get really excited for them. So yeah, that's, I hope that was a good explanation of a power greeting. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I can picture it. So then when you, when the first bell rings, what does your schedule look like after that? So after arrival, um, we've actually started before we go to class, we've started doing attendance check-ins for certain kindergartners. So we all have a couple of assigned kids on our list and we'll go down um, while the kids are eating breakfast and check in on them, see if they're there. Um, and these are the kids who are chronically absent. So if they're in school, we all kind of do different things, but some of us will have them like pick a sticker for the day. Um, I have them like draw a smiley face on their Monday. And um, if they're able to make it through the week coming to school all five days, then they get a prize from the school counselor. But it's also a cool way to start to build relationships with kindergartners because none of us are with kindergartners and kind of introduce them to city years. and. Um, we haven't been doing it for too long, but hopefully that will start to help with their attendance. And then after that, around 9.30, we go to our classes. And um, during this time, my students are usually eating breakfast. So I kind of use this time to either help my partner teacher prepare for her day, get her things that she needs, or um, I'll kind of walk around the class and just check in on the students and chat with them about their days and stuff. Could you go into just a little bit more detail about the overall day? Like, when do you eat lunch? When do you take breaks? Do you support students when they're eating lunch? Those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'll just kind of go quickly through the day, I guess. In the mornings, the kids work on math, and they usually have a special. And during their specials, I, I stay in the room with my partner teacher, again, just kind of like in case she needs, to, needs me to help her make copies or something, or if we want to talk about different students and what they need. It's a, it's like the only time during the day that it's just the two of us and no students. And then the kids have lunch around 11.45, and um, that's when I have my lunch break, so I go back up to the city room. I used to have lunch by myself, but now there's two more mid-years who are third graders, or with the third graders, so now I have lunch buddies. <laughs> and um, it's a 30-minute lunch break, so we just kind of relax, chat about how the day's going and eat lunch. Um, our school is near um, Broadway and there's lots of food and stuff on Broadway. So sometimes we'll go to the bagel shop or Seven Stars for lunch. And then um, after lunch they have recess and we either go outside with them um, and help the teachers kind of monitor. Our impact manager also got um, recess kits donated from Hasboro. So because in the winter it's a lot of the time too cold to go outside so they have indoor recess and um, these recess kits have like Jenga and Clue and like carnival ring toss games so it makes indoor recess a lot more fun for the kids um, so that's will help out with indoor recess as well 
um, and kind of play with them or just kind of make sure that everything stays under control. And then um, in the afternoon, they do a lot of reading and writing. At the end of the day, they have snack. And we, uh, at least I don't really have to do much during snack. I kind of just use that time again to like talk to the students and just see how they're doing. And then they go home. <laughs> so then what do you do after they go home? Yeah, um, after they go home, I go up back up to the city room and it's kind of like the morning space. We have about an hour to either work on our own stuff or um, on Mondays, our managers lead us through team meetings. Um, sometimes we'll do team builders. Our team really likes to play Uno. We used to do like on Fridays, we would do PowerPoint presentations on either a topic of our choice or we would all choose a topic and present on a different issue. So it's kind of just a space for us as a team. Um, sometimes the school has committee meetings. Um, so there's a couple different committees. There's the attendance committee, the family engagement committee, the PBIS committee, which is like behavior, whole school culture. So we'll go to those. Those are run by the assistant principals and different teachers who volunteer to be on those committees. And we we just kind of go and we help them. We've done a couple of family engagement events in the fall before COVID started peaking again. We did a Hispanic Heritage Night and we did a, um, a Harvest Fest in um, November. So the, the after school spaces we can use to go to those committee meetings. The PBIS one, we do something called Laura Loot, which is they have like little paper money and if a kid is doing something good, any teacher can give them a Laura Loot. Um, we can also give them Laura Loot. And then once a month, the city years run the school store where the kids can come and cash in their Laura Loot for whatever they can afford with however much they earned throughout the month. Um, so that's another committee that we go to. And then the attendance committee, we help um, send letters home to kids who are chronically absent that say, like, let us know if you need any assistance getting to school or anything like that. So that's another way we can use our um, before or after school spaces. And then um, we go home at 4.30. So at 4.15 we circle and at 4.30 we leave. Full day, but it's good. You, it sounds like you have a lot going on in the afternoon, which is nice because um, it allows for city or to support in a lot of different ways. Can we loop back to the classroom and talk about like what your role looks like when you're in the classroom and maybe how it shifted since the beginning of the year? Yeah. So in the beginning of the year, I did a lot of whole classroom support. A lot of the class was teacher led and I would circulate and help students um, what we call like bounce check ins. Um, I would check in with them, see how they're doing, if they're keeping up with the teacher, if they're a little bit lost, and I'll try to explain it. And that was mostly with math. Um, now with math, I still do some of that, but my partner teacher and I take a lot more small groups. Um, now, especially that the kids have been tested into the different levels and we know kind of where they stand, um, we're able to better help them. So she'll take a small group or I'll take a small group and We'll work with them on a couple of worksheets or problems. And then for reading at the beginning of the year, again, it was very much like the whole class. 
um, reading things together. But now that we have them in their reading levels, either my partner teacher will take a group or I'll take a group and we'll, we work more individually with students. I also do a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with students for reading now to help them practice their, what we call like their power goals. Um, a power goal could be like, I will decode three syllable words or two syllable words or ing words, stuff like that. Um, and so I work with them one-on-one -on -one while the teacher's doing something else and help them practice those words and the vocabulary. And also a lot of students struggle with fluency, which is like being able to read like a paragraph easily, fluidly, I guess is the right word. Um, so I'll take them and it's a really good chance for them to practice reading out loud because that's something you can't really do when the whole class is reading something. Um, so that's something else that I do with reading. And then for writing, I usually uh, do more of the whole class circulation, um, the tier one support and help students figure out what they're gonna write and that kind of thing. Do you have examples of things you've learned for, through working with students or like learned about working with students through trial and error? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of error in the beginning, <laughs> but how else are you gonna learn? So I think especially with small groups, one area that I struggled with was behavior management. And um, my class is super energetic, super, super energetic. And that would carry over into the small groups. And I'm a very calm and gentle person. And my partner teacher is much more loud and they respond well to her, but my calm manner was not what they would respond to. Um, <laughs> so I definitely had to figure out how to be firm without feeling like I was being too mean or too harsh. It was really hard finding that balance between being a friend and being nice, but also being firm in that, you know, when we're in small group, you can't be doing certain things. And it's something that I'm still working on, but I've definitely seen improvement working with that. And um, yeah, I would also just say it's easier now knowing my students as individuals, whereas in the beginning I didn't know how different students would respond to things. But now that I know my students and I know each of them respond to different things differently, I'm able to work with them a lot better and um, more efficiently and um, be able to, to anticipate problems arising rather than reacting to them. So I would say those are the two biggest areas that I've had to learn from. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I can say you're not alone in that. That's definitely, that sounds like something that I also went through. Okay, I guess my last question for you is, um, do you have any standout stories from your time with students that you would like to share? Yeah, I guess it's hard because I'm proud of all my students' improvement. I think one student who I have really, really struggled with behavior in the beginning of the year, he would get into fights on the bus and just like didn't totally understand a lot of like classroom norms, like raising your hand or staying in your seat. Um, that kind of thing. So that's something that I've been working on a lot with him lately. And I've, I've seen a lot of improvement in his behavior. And the class is so big that it's hard for teachers to really focus on individuals and their individual behavior because they have a whole class to run. But that's why being a city year is so great because we can really work with these students that need more of that one-on-one -on -one support and reminders. And so 
it started out with just really small things. Like I had to take him to the bathroom because he needed a chaperone, basically. Um, and we started out where I would just say, okay, if you're able to walk to the bathroom and walk back without running, like you'll get a Laura loop. And so doing that turned into a habit. And then the same thing, you know, if you're able to go to the bathroom and not get in any arguments with anyone, you'll get a Laura Lou. And eventually our, our teacher recognized that he was doing much better and could go to the bathroom by himself. And he was really, really proud of himself. And he said like, Miss Liz, Miss Bowen says that I can go to the bathroom by myself. She trusts me. And I was like, and you earned that, right? And he was like, yeah, I, I earned that trust. And so that was a really cool lesson to see like come into play with him. Um, and I've seen it in other areas as well. In the classroom, he does his work by himself now rather than just not paying attention. He's really trying. And so I'm really proud of him and the progress he's made. And I think by the end of the year, he'll have made significant strides in his academic work and also just his overall behavior in the classroom. That is a great story. I think that's a really great example, too, of how like the support that city years can offer in social emotional like learning can also translate over into academic and um, and like attendance and behavior and, and all those other um, areas that we support with. So it's mm -hmm. really cool that you get to like just you supporting the whole child, which is our whole deal. So I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. All right. Well, um, that's that's all I kind of had prepared. Um, is there anything that you feel like you didn't touch on that you wanted to share? No, I think I covered everything. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Liz. I hope that we get to hear more from you in the future. Thanks. Thank you again to Liz Ladd for sharing your core member experience with us. I also want to take a moment to share that my second podcast, The Tangible Toolkit, is now available on Anchor and Spotify. If you're interested in learning about concrete tools for improving wellness, this podcast is for you. I share what has really worked for me in dealing with challenges like seasonal depression, anxiety, perfectionism, and more. I hope you'll give it a listen. And thank you for listening to What Change Looks Like. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Hannah Little. This episode was edited by myself and Liz Ladd. Our cover art was created by Andy Wilson. You can follow City Year Providence at City Year PVD on Instagram and Twitter, or learn more about our work at cityyear.org.